Hey friends, thanks so much for being here today. I'm so thrilled. Thank you for all your love. I've been hearing from you and I'm so thrilled that you're reaching out. Please be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode and also share with a friend or two or three or four or five and share on your social media platforms. You can follow me at gift to shift on all social media platforms. And I'm so grateful that you're here on this journey. Today, I'm speaking with Barbara Bulliard. And I have to tell you, this is such an incredible, I was I had chills the entire conversation because she really was able to connect the dots and really share with us her story of transformation and of shift what she did to actually shift and pivot how she was able to heal and to release and to forgive and to move forward in spite of the trauma the traumatic experience and you know her story of being homeless she is now an entrepreneur a publicist a writer an author a producer. Um, she received a presidential proclamation from President Barack Obama with her work with uh, Shirley Chisholm. And she has been just an, an incredible voice for those who are marginalized and really sharing her gift to be able to connect people's spirits. And I'm so grateful that she's on today. So take a listen. So it's so great to have you here. I'm so excited and I love what you are doing and your work that you're doing. It's so important, this expansiveness that needs to happen at our hands. Like we are the ones that need to expand and we are the ones that need to support in the expansion of everything. And so I love your work. And so I can't wait to hear about it and for you to tell me really what your intention was behind, you know, the book and, and let's start there. Release and Become, the story of two souls. It's the long story about the story of two souls. However, I had been interacting with so many different types of people in, in different mediums, understanding that we have a commonality. And our commonality is that we're looking for healing. We're looking for self-empowerment. We're looking for community. And felt as though that my own personal story kind of interwoven within that. You know, I had went to India for a bit and the only brown girl on a trip in the middle of India. And I ended up from Delhi into Dharamsala. Um, I lived with the Tibetan monks for over a month and um, lived in Ladakh in the Himalayas for a minute. Only brown girl. And they never called me by my name. The community always called me Africa. Wow, look at that. And they were shocked that I only spoke English. They could not conceive the fact that I didn't speak different dialects and that I was from the United States of America. They could not believe it, right? So they called me Africa during my whole trip. That experience changed my life. I had, prior to that, I had been through a lot of trauma in my personal life and extreme trauma and um, was homeless for a bit but still working, still interacting, still doing my work, actually, still going into corporate America. They did not know that I didn't have a home. Um, so I was functionally homeless. There's a lot of people like that. Maybe in your next podcast, we'll talk all about that because that's another long story. Sure, However, sure. I ended up in India, which was like really a shocking experience for me because it was not planned out, you know, and it happened when I found my home. And in my apartment, without anything, all my items were taken away through a horrible, traumatic marriage. 
Um, I had no clothing. I had no items. You know, I had nothing but what I had in a bag that I would go and do the work that I was doing in really amazing artistic and creative spaces. No one knew that I was in that situation. So when I found an apartment, I had nothing. And I swear to you, that was the best sleep I've ever had. Having, I, I didn't even have a bed. I didn't have a chair. I slept on the floor. With, I didn't have a blanket. Then the first night I moved in, I had no items at all. And I slept on the floor and it was the best sleep I ever had. And Why do you think that? Why do you <laughs> believe that to be so? Do you have an assumption of what and why that is? Because I found peace. People, you know, when they look at the homeless, they think that they're one category right? There are many categories of the homeless. Sure. And there's a whole world, right? There's a whole world around being homeless. Okay. So, which is unseen by some, you know, in their day-to-day lives, they they don't even understand. It's almost like you're living around with ghosts. You may not see the ghost. You may not see the spirits, but they're right there because you're not, you don't, because you're not setting the intention to see them. Wow. (laughs) Laying on the floor, uh, sleeping, I was at peace. I felt like the earth was supporting me. Not the floor of the apartment. I felt the support of the earth. I felt the support of my spirit guides. I felt the support of the community, you know, that knew my story and was there, like, you know, was so awesomely um, supportive. And during the process, never, you know, never looked at me as homeless and never shared my story. And so I was walking into meetings. People didn't know. I actually went to a black tie affair and I was homeless, right? So, yeah. and the point of that is, is that that moment was my moment of finding myself because there's times when we're in traumatic experiences. There's times that we're interacting in relationships, marriages, partnerships with people that are toxic, and you're not given the space to do the healing that you need for your own, your own being, right? You come with your own stuff, right? Yep, it's so, so true. You know, so laying on the floor sleeping, I was sleeping with myself for once. I was sleeping with all the things that I am, that I mm. that I've been made of. Someone came by the apartment that her husband was working with the Holiness Dalai Lama. She came by the apartment. She knew my story. Yeah. And uh, so she's in my kitchen looking at me, like going like this, looking at me, like moving her head from side to side, not understanding how could I just be standing? How could I be even present when she knew what had happened? And um, she looked at me and says, well, we're going back to India. Want to come? (laughs) No way. And I stood there in my kitchen and I'm looking at her and I had this moment. I almost had the moment of when when I was laying on the floor sleeping, that feeling mm. of support that I don't know, it was like a very nurturing, you know, feeling came over me. And I knew I needed something. I needed something to be able to continue the work because I was doing this work homeless. Okay. <laughs> so right. I need I needed something to find out who I really am. I needed something. I knew I needed something, right? So it. So I said, okay. I couldn't believe it. I said, okay. I'm like, what does that mean? Like, and, and you know, in my mind, I'm like, well, listen, I don't even have a, do I have a visa? I, you know, I had right. no documentation. I don't know what happened, but within three weeks, I was in India. <laughs> wow. And um, my experience there was what I needed. It, yeah, was, sure. it was the medicine. 
I needed. Um, and living with the Tibetan monks, they see no color. I've never lived with people or been around really people, human beings that just saw your spirit. They saw just you. And to live with people like that for over a month showed me many things. They showed me me. They saw me before I saw me. I hear you. I hear you on that one. And I'm just so I'm like, I'm totally fascinated here with your story. And I want to go back to when you mentioned this sense of releasing what I heard. I don't know if you said this, but this is what I heard. This sense of surrendering to the movement of what was happening in your life, you know, this incredible kind of surrender and this search or this call that came from within that was answered from something that was within to be able to support you to be at peace and calm. I mean, that's just what I gather from it. Just watching you and seeing you and and having this conversation, it's pretty powerful. And what you said in the beginning about how we are, you know, your book is really focused on creating this sense of releasing and healing. And I have to tell you that, you know, I started the podcast in the midst of the pandemic because of that sense that I felt a call higher than deeper than I actually put into words of like, you know, how can I support the healing of myself and others? Because it's obviously of myself, but it's also of others. Mm -hmm. And this is such an incredibly wide open time, you know, and you can use the word wide open to whatever connects most with you. But it, it definitely is. So this movement for you to really culminate to have this book come out this year at this time and to have your story being shared this way. It's pretty amazing and impactful and really special. And so your story of homelessness, not belonging, I wonder how many other people who are listening feel that way, you know, whether you have a home or not, you know, this sense of belonging of this is your space and what you're being able to support yourself with. And so how did you release the judgments around this time in your life? You know, because society judges you because, you know, for so many different reasons. I mean, you've mentioned race, but, you know, you spoke very you know, much so about homelessness. How do you kind of move past that? Some people don't. And some people, they find something that helps them on a day to day basis, a moment to moment basis to heal the trauma of homelessness. You know, I was talking. Do, mm -hmm. do you, I'm sorry to interrupt, but do you feel like India was that for you, that trip? India was amazing. I mean, being with the monks was everything for me. When I engaged outside of the ashrams and things of that nature, then I dealt with the caste system because what I look like outside of me, I'm considered untouchable, right? So India was sort of like, the extreme goodness mm -hmm. and the extreme badness. <laughs> mm -hmm. But I felt that to be able to experience that dichotomy of good and evil or good and bad or dark and light, you have an opportunity to find the light in everything, even in the darkness. You know, there was moments when I was not with the monks and on the, you know, the property. I even stayed on the um, property of the Holiness Dalai Lama in Ladakh, he was out of town at the time. But when I was not on that property, I dealt with a lot of racism, not being able to access a bathroom, being actually thrown, because in Ladakh, the altitude is extremely high. Okay. I passed out in the middle of the town by myself 
And the militia came and threw me in the back of a truck and they were going to take me away. But the people I had traveled with, they just happened to be in the town, you know, shopping or whatever, doing something that don't look like me. <laughs> and they jumped in the truck. And that's how I was taken to, you know, one of their regular hospitals there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and they were going to throw me on a cot where they, there's only one at the time, there was only one cot for the untouchables that was never cleaned. You weren't given any medical assistance. You would just, whatever was your issue or challenge, medical challenge, you were just thrown on the cot. So they were oh, going to so throw me on the cot. <laughs> but because my friends didn't look European, right. they ended up giving me health care. How long ago was this? Oh, a little bit over 10 years ago. Okay. You and know? so how do you feel? I mean, that's just like, it's like a movie something you see on TV, right? And so you're experiencing this, mm-hmm. right? You're actually, you know, and that's really important to know, right? So I'm listening to your story. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's so far, you know, like, how can someone have those types of experiences? I thought those were the only things that happen outside of me on TV, but these things actually do happen to people, you know? And so just because we don't experience them or see them or feel them or hear or know of somebody who has experienced them doesn't mean that it hasn't happened or that it doesn't happen. Precisely the issue that's going on in our world and our country today, you know, well, I don't, I never experienced that. That's not the way people are the, you know, the people that I hang out with, or, but it does happen and it is happening. And so I appreciate that. And I'm glad that I said those words because as soon as I said them, I realized, well, look at that. <laughs> There's so much connection here. And so you go to India and then you come back mm-hmm. and then how, what happened then? When I returned back, I had a home. So that was a good thing. <laughs> and I continue to do the work. Many people don't know my story and they know me. <laughs> they, they'll know it right. now. Right. <laughs> um, and I started writing stories, you know, because my background as, uh, you know, which is in marketing, but is also in production and producing and things of that nature. I started writing my own stories, not to share, but because I had to journal. I mean, my having experiences on so many different levels of interacting with who you are, who you think you are, and who you can be, right? right. That's right. That's right. That journaling is like a gift. You know, so I began to write, you know, stories to myself, basically. And um, I even wrote a journal just specifically on how to survive homelessness on the street, right? I never published that. Maybe one day I will. However, you know, at that moment, it was sort of like, I realized that I needed to share more. I was sharing more because I, you know, I've been in the nonprofit sector as well for a really long time. And that's something that's one of my passions. I've done so many different types of projects just because, because it's in my spirit, but I realized I needed to do more. So I started taking some of the stories I was writing and, and kind of looking at the people that I'm interacting with and going, oh my gosh, they're me, I'm them. They could be from another part of the world or in a different industry or you know, lifestyle choices, but we're the same people. That's I mean, funny. we may, you know, our stories are different. However, our commonality is, is that we're all looking for love. That's right. You know, we're all, we're all looking for peace. Mm-hmm. And the impact that we will make 
you know, what legacy will we leave and how will we be able to serve? I think intrinsically, that's the desire of so many. And what I also understood, you know, just by doing my own introspection is, is that we have choices. Our choices are extremely powerful, right? This, the intentions that we set, you know, first starting with ourselves first, okay. before we talk about even anyone else in our household, before we even even do that, why don't we just sit with ourselves for a moment? So I started intentionally meditating every morning, even if I had to like take a phone call or whatever, whatever I needed to do before I did anything, I sat with myself. I began to meditate and I began to like interact with thoughts of how I can help other people. I began to sit and kind of structure my purpose on this planet because, you know, when you're going through so much trauma and I'm sorry, but I, you know, I'm speaking to those out there that have thought about, I'm just going to go there. Okay. Have thought about ending their life. I was one of those people. Mm -hmm. How do you get on the other side from that? right? To set an intention to say goodbye to everything you've known and just to leave, right? But then being caught by the spirit of love mm. and realizing that you have something to offer. Everybody does. Even in those dark moments, you know, when you're thinking that nothing is working out, that you're just a space that need, you know, a space on this planet that has nothing to bring to anyone. And first to yourself, Right. Right. At that moment, all you have to do is just be quiet and be silent. Mm -hmm. And within the silence, you'll feel the beauty of who you really are. Even if you don't know it yet, don't worry about it. Do you know? I got chills. I got so many chills right now. Yes, I do know what you're saying. I do know what you're saying because it is my intention every day when I get up you know, even before I get out of the bed, you know, there's this sense of gratitude of just like overwhelming gratitude for whatever it is, even though I may feel like crap, you know, I still give thanks for the and I'm so appreciative that I have a bed and that I can get up and my feet hit the ground, you know, and then I go and sit. Mm hmm. Right behind me. I have my mat. I just showed it to you. But, sure. you know, it is my it is you know, it's really my place of just peace and tranquility of just like, I just need to just quiet my thoughts, just to center myself in this right here, right now moment, because my thoughts are not who I am. (laughs) Right. You know, they're not who I am. And I can get confused, you know, and think that at times they could be. Mm -hmm. And I really never learned how to do that. I mean, you know, there are traditions and things in my life that, you know, I could have that I can look back and say, okay, that was the beginning of the meditative practice. But to, you know, now evolve into who I am, and as I am becoming and continue to become right until I take my last breath, there is this sense of, I just need to be as quiet to be able to listen to the spirit within me that knows it all by the way, (laughs) that knows it all, you know, I don't have to figure it out, nor do I have to try to create a new way. It's all gift. It's all given. It's always there all the time. And so, but that takes a lot of courage, you know, and to release that ego part and that incessant thought pattern and that persistent kind of just mental 
stuff. It takes a lot of courage to just say, I'm going to sit every day for two minutes, three minutes, and just focus on my breath. People know, I mean, everybody's talking about meditation, but the power of it, the power of it can transform your life. And it's no, no matter what your religious quote unquote spiritual background is in every entity of spirituality and religion, there is a, the essence of silence. Yeah. It's definitely the essence of silence. So it was the meditation. It was the journaling that supported you in the shift to pivot, to rotate, to really kind of transform your life after India. And so you started writing these stories and then did you decide, okay, I'm going to go ahead and move forward in how I'm sharing this and serving others? Well, I started writing for like a few blogs and I could just say that the actual articles though, were my journaling, (laughs) you know, it was like, you know, me talking with God, right. Or me talking with spirit. And then I had an experience, which I'll say briefly about that. I interacted with um, some young people in my community that wanted to attack me. They were from the ages of five to 12 years old. And the reason why is because it was, it was like seven o'clock in the evening and I, I had a lot of bags and things of that nature. And I was walking down the sidewalk and they were coming the opposite direction toward me. And I refused to cross the street. They thought I was going to be, they thought I was going to be afraid of them for some reason. Right. Mm. Because there were like a lot of them, like a lot of them, like it was a mass of them. Right. And something in my spirit told me, <laughs> I think it, it felt like my grandmother showed up, but <laughs> Those ancestors, boy. (laughs) But something in my spirit said, no, you're not going to cross the street. You're going to keep walking and they're going to move to the side because that's what we do as humans out of respect for each other. And you're not you're not going to deter this. I felt like there was some type of interaction that was going to happen and it may not would be good, but I was guided. I was literally guided to keep walking on that side of the street. And what ended up what ended up happening is little boy, well, he was like around 12 years old, he looked like. Mm-hmm. Um, he picked up a huge branch of a tree and was going to attack me with it. Oh my gosh. In front of his friends because I refused to cross the street. And um, I said to him, I don't know what happened to me. I said to him, I love you. I said, even if no one's ever told you that in your entire life, I'm telling you that. He backed up from me. Yeah. And then this young girl, maybe around the same age, but she, you know, she, she was like bigger than him. Mm-hmm. Came out of nowhere because it was a whole, it was a lot of kids. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and she approached me and said that, you know, what she was going to do to me. And she didn't care if I called the cops. And I said to her, I love you too. I said, even if no one's ever told you that ever in your life, I love you. So to keep the story short, which I probably will share this story more, but there's an article that I wrote about it. However, I'm going to try to move quicker. And so fast forward, these kids, (laughs) I'm standing there screaming. And by the way, cars are passing by slowing down. They refused to stop. They saw that I was I was going to be attacked by these little these young children. They refused to stop. People started coming down the street and crossed, crossed the street and kept walking. Right while all this is going on, I don't know what possessed me, but then I started saying, 
I love you. And I meant it though. It was like the ancestors were speaking their truth out of my body. Wow. To these young people. I said, I love you. I love all of you. And they all like started dispersing when I said the word love. Yeah. So I realized after that, that my life matters. (laughs) There's no reason my life matters. Yeah. You know, I had a moment where it was sort of like my interaction with these young people were not just for them, it was for me. Right, 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 yeah. So I started writing and um, started also understanding the interaction that we have with other humans is so viably important. And I began to like take note of some of the different amazing people that I've been blessed to be engaged with. You know, I tell a colleague of mine, she laughs about it. I says, yeah, I'm like Forrest Gump. I ended up showing up in places. I don't know how you got there. <laughs> I have a Forrest Gump experience, you know, but yeah, sure. so the book was basically from that, like to be able for people to understand that, yeah, a girl like me, an everyday girl like me have experiences with so many different people every day. And to be able to like kind of encourage through global luminaries who you think are untouchables, who you think are, mm-hmm. are, are at that level that they can never, you know what I mean? That the everyday person will never have that experience to engage with people like Ambassador Anwell Shadery and many others. No, they're on the ground with us. We're all together here. And so that's where kind of the inspiration of the book came from. That's great. And you have creative forces that support you in this project, in your book. And so tell people the name of your book and... Sure. (laughs) The name of my book is uh, Releasing Become the Story of Two Souls. Can I ask who's the second soul? Yeah. (laughs) He's a commercial and multimedia artist by the name of Al Johnson. He's quite well known. He's done a lot of work on very well-known films. And also he's an amazing painter, globally collected, etc., We've known each other forever. We met each other when we were 12 years old. That was in the middle of trauma because we were in a school that didn't want people that looked like us. So we dealt with a lot of things. And that's how we became friends. So he's the other one. He's he's the other soul. And you'll see his visual art in there. And we kind of come together with forces in terms of talking about art, culture, creativity. Oh, by the way, I meditate on his artwork. So the text in the book is really through meditation of me meditating on his work. That's pretty amazing. And so can you tell people what the name of your book is and what inspired you most from this? Like why you decided to name it, the coming together? (laughs) Well, the name of the book is Release and Become, the story of two souls. And the second soul, I'm the one person, the other person is the artist Al Johnson, who's a commercial and multimedia artist who's very well collected around the world. And he's also works on a lot of feature films. We've known each other since we were 12 years old. We met in the middle of trauma. We were in a school that people didn't want us to be there. That look, We look different than everybody else in the school. And that's how we bumped into each other. And we've been friends ever since. And we're connected energetically as well. So I meditate on his artwork. And that's the actual wording that came through me is some of the verbiage that's in the book. 
That's fantastic. You know, this story of it's a universal story. It really connects us all and that we're all connected about letting go, about releasing, about healing, about surrendering. You know, it definitely is a story for all souls, you know, of those who really are interested in having conversations around emotional healing and what that looks like. I appreciate you uncovering that and really showing us the depths of what it takes to pivot and change and shift. Cause this is an incredible story of perseverance and it's so inspiring. Oh, thank you so much. I love your work. Oh, thank you. So grateful to Barbara. It was an, such an insightful conversation for me. I had gooses and chills the entire time. I love the way that she connected the dots that essentially it's really uh, for her. It was about quieting her thoughts to really focus on meditating and sitting to find the purpose of the intention of what it was that she was here to do. How was she going to serve? And so I encourage all of us to really focus on how are we going to serve? What is it that we're doing to be able to serve others? And so I'm so grateful. Thank you so much, Barbara. Please be sure to catch her information in the show notes and make sure that you look for her book, Release and Become by Barbara Bouillard. And I'm so grateful for her time. And as always, please be sure to subscribe. And thank you so much for being on this journey with me. I appreciate all of you. And as always, we'll talk next week. 